0: Happy Father's Day to everybody. And, and today, I, I just want to say we've been looking in a series called Love Illuminated, and the idea behind this series is that, that we would become um, the, the light to the world around us through the love of God that is at work in us and then is at work through us. And so we're going to continue talking about that, and obviously with it being Father's Day, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of my role as a father and some of the things I've experienced as a son. Um, Because I think as we look at 1 John 4, where we're going to be today, um, we see that our love, the love illuminated, is supposed to grow. And so, so the, the first week, um, Pastor Jay shared with us in the series, and, and he talked about remaining in God's love. And then last week, we, we started talking about the fact that, that holiness is um, not just doctrinal, what we believe, and it's not just moral, what we do and don't do, it's relational, and it's about loving each other. And so today, I I wanna expand on that because the truth is love, the term love, um, the idea of love is a very complicated thing in our world in this day. Um, It could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, and I I thought Deb just alluded to it in her prayer. For some people, um, when we talk about Father's Day or we talk about the love of a father, Um, the love that they've experienced in that relationship hasn't been the perfect love of the Father. And so today, I want us to look a little bit deeper when we talk about love illuminated. And we talked last week about loving those around us and what it means to be love illuminated. It's important that we have a good understanding of what it means to, number one, be loved, and number two, to love others. And so like i said we're going to be looking at first john 4 today and the idea that this is the big idea here is that we are supposed to grow in our love so we accept Christ as our Savior, and I think sometimes we think, okay, God comes in, and we all of a sudden are going to be a people of love, but the, the understanding that we see from First John, and, and we see it every day in life, is that love is something that grows and matures. Just as we grow and mature and and our work um in our and growing up i I look at my boys and i see them growing and maturing we are supposed to grow and mature in our love and so so i'm going to give you the outline right here this is the basic outline of how this works and this is what we're going to follow here today number one god loves us perfectly you're going to hear the word perfectly in the scripture several times today god loves us perfectly. The second part of that is that we live, when we accept Christ as our Savior, when we establish a relationship with Jesus, God's love then lives in us and is a transforming work in our lives. So we live and we grow in God's love. And then the last part is we respond to God's love by loving others. So so that's what you're going to see today like if I was writing an essay that's good essay form the first paragraph is telling you what I'm going to tell you and here we go we're going to look at first John 4 and we're going to see what this is all about so we're going to start in verse 9 It says this is how God showed his love among us He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him This is love Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So this scripture is talking about this process. God loves us perfectly. We live and grow in God's love and we respond to God's love by loving others. And not only respond, but we grow as we love others. So so let's look through at this. There's a lot of language about complete or perfect love here. And and so, so the idea is that we as followers of Christ are called to not just the love that we see in the world around us, not just the love um, that we start out with, but that we are called to mature and grow every day, to become complete, to become perfect in love. And, And so we talk a lot about holiness in the church. And sometimes we think of holiness as a, as a perfection, sometimes I, th- I think we think holiness is that we can never mess up or we can never do wrong, but, but really what this is talking about is a perfection of love, a completeness of God's love. And so, so some of you have been Christians for a short time and some of you have been Christians for all your life. We should be continuing to grow in our understanding of God's perfect love, And we should be continuing to grow in our love for each other. So it starts with, number one, understanding God's love. I said this earlier, and we'll look at it again. God loves you perfectly. I know that a lot of you in here have experienced lots of different kinds of love in your lifetime. Maybe you've experienced love that was not perfect, that was hurtful. Maybe you've had brokenness. Maybe you've been scarred by love that wasn't perfect, wasn't complete, wasn't whole. There may be some in here that feel like you are not loved. There may be some in here that feel like there's nobody that loves you completely, I want to tell you, God loves you, and God loves you perfectly. I realize that that there are relationships in our lives that are broken and hurtful and have scarred us in our understanding of what love is. If you want to know what perfect love is, you look to the Father, God, who loves us perfectly. As a kid, I'm pretty sure I didn't fully understand the depths of my father's love for me. If you're a parent or if you remember growing up, you, you can probably relate with that. I think about my kids and, and I think about the reasons or the way they view love. And just as we as Christians are called to grow in our love, our kids are learning to love. And so, so kids start out and they love their father or their parents based on a few different things. Maybe they, they are in awe of of their parents. I um one of my boys, we were at softball a couple days ago. I mean not softball, we were at baseball a couple days ago and he got a hit and he ran to first and he was standing on first base and the coach walked up to him and said, "Good hit." And he turned and he said, "My daddy plays softball. <laughs> my daddy hits the ball." <laughs> Little does he know, I rarely ever hit it very far, <laughs> but, uh, but, but there's this understanding of love, and, and I think most of our relationships with God start with this love that is in awe, or this, this, God, you are awesome, and so we have this love that's based on this, this awesomeness of God, and that's not wrong, but that's not complete love. Then I, I see my kids grow, and I see that they become obedient, and their love goes from not just awe, but also respect, and maybe even, and this is a word you see in the Scripture, but maybe even um, fear. And so when I say fear, I, I don't necessarily mean that they're scared that, that they're gonna be hurt or something like that, but that they have this respect for the authority of the parent. And so we have this, this thing in our house where, and, and this was, I'll, let me stop using my kids. When I was growing up, we would misbehave and my mom would, would say, you know, she wouldn't get mad. She wouldn't usually um, get angry with us. You know what she would do? She would go sit at the kitchen table and wait for dad to come home. And when we saw mom sitting at the kitchen table waiting for dad, we knew, we knew we were in some trouble. And so we learned to be obedient. We learned to love out of respect for the authority and the power that our parents had over us. But that that's not wrong, we should. The scripture says all through God's word that we should fear the Lord, that we should fear God, have a respect for God, that we should understand God's authority, that God is God and we are not. But that is not perfect love. And so we see this growth of love. And, and I hear these things all the time from my kids. It's this idea, if you, if you get me what I want, if you take care of me, sometimes our love is based on, on the provision and and the protection, that's not perfect love. I hear my kids say these things like, if you love me, you'll get me a toy. If you love me, you'll take care of me. But they don't have a full understanding of real perfect love. And I'm not claiming as a father to be perfect because I am not, and my love for my kids is not the perfect love of the father, but I'm being transformed to love them as the father loves me. And so I'm gonna get emotional, but I want you to know how much I love my kids. Eli, my oldest, I look at him every day and it's not just that I wanna buy him stuff because I like him, I look at him and I see a young man that's created in the image of God and I'm so proud of him. And I tell him all the time, I'll be in the car with him, and I just tell him, I'll say, Eli, you know I love you, right? And, and he'll look at me and say, I know, Dad, you know, but he doesn't really know how much I love him. I love him so much. I don't, he doesn't have any clue. Then you got Sam. Sam is many me. He looks like me. He acts like me. Sometimes, sometimes I'm proud of that. Sometimes I'm, I'm not so proud of that. But Sam is many me and I look at him and I think I would do anything in the world for that sweet, kind-hearted kid. I love him so much. And then we got Charlie, my buddy. Charlie, the, the one of my kids that when I walk in the door, he runs to me and he wants to hang out with me. And he says, Dad, you know what? I'm excited about vacation. We're going to Tennessee this week. And I said, what are you most excited about in vacation? And he said, I'm excited to get beat and pool by you, Dad. Charlie's my buddy. And I look at Charlie all the time when he's cuddling up next to me and I think, I would do anything for this kid. And a couple days ago, I I walked in my room and Jack's our baby. And I saw Jack laying on the bed and I realized that Jack's not so much of a baby anymore. And I looked at him as he was laying there sleeping. And I started to pray for him. I'm sorry. I started to pray for them because I love them so much and I will do anything for these kids and, and you know what, they don't fully get it, they don't. But that doesn't mean my love for them is not far greater than they understand. And so I want us to, to get a picture because just as my kids don't understand the full extent of my love for them, we have no clue the full love that God has for us but we have clues to it. And so we look at this Scripture and and we get some clues as to just how much God loves us. It starts in verse 9 and 10 where it says, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son so that we could have life through Him. Verse 10 says, this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us so much that He sent an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you want to know if you're loved this morning, I want you to know that the God of the universe, the Father in heaven, gave His only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that you could be forgiven, you could have grace, and you could have life. God's love for you is sacrificial. It is beyond my comprehension to understand a father in heaven who loves me, uh, an undeserving, messed up sinner, so much that he would give his one and only son, his perfect son, Jesus. God's love is sacrificial. I, I hope you understand the gravity of what that means, that God loves you and paid the ultimate price for you to have forgiveness and life. The second thing, God's love is sacrificial. The second thing, God's love is unconditional. Not that we loved him, verse says, not that we, 10 says his love is not that we loved him, but he loved us. The Father's love is unconditional. One of the things that's really hard for us to understand as followers of Christ is that God can love us when we don't deserve it. And sometimes we accept Christ and we walk in relationship with Christ, but we struggle to really believe that God could love someone so messed up as me. And when I make mistakes, it's tempting to think Oh, I've messed up, God's not gonna love me as much. But God's love is unconditional. It says it's not that we loved God, it's not that we earned that, it's not that we did something, but God loved us so much that he gave his son to be an atoning sacrifice. Before you ever did anything to deserve it, God loved you and gave you life. God's love is unconditional. God's love for you is not dependent on your performance or on your love for God. Listen to that again. God's love for you is not dependent on your performance as a Christian or your love for God. God's love is unconditional. Now that doesn't mean that God is okay with you living outside of holiness and of God's plan and God's path. This doesn't, ha- this isn't a license for you to do whatever you want and live however you want. This doesn't mean that God condones our sin, but God's love is unconditional. No matter how much you sin, no matter how much you mess up, no, no matter how far away from God you get, God still loves you. I think about that with my kids. And that's hard for us to understand, but I think about that, and I told you, my love is not perfect. But man, when my kids stray, when my kids mess up, my kids can stand there and look me in the face and say, you're lousy, Dad. They say far worse than that, by the way. But they can look me in the face and say, you're a terrible guy, you don't love me. Do you think that makes me love them any less? No. God's love is unconditional. God's perfect love is not dependent on our performance or our love for God, it's there. It's not condoning, it's not letting us go outside the path. God's love wants the best for us. And so this is one place that I think our world has really messed up on this idea of love is that we think in order to love someone, we have to be okay with whatever they wanna do. And that's what love is. That's not what we see from God's perfect love. God is not okay with us sinning, with us hating. We saw this last week with us hating our brother and sister. God's love is purifying. And I think of my kids and I don't like it when they say mean things and when they do bad things. It doesn't make me love them less, but I want wholeness and peace and life for them. And so there is consequences to our sin, but we do not lose the love of God because God's love is perfect and unconditional and it goes before anything we could ever do. So God's love is sacrificial. God's love is unconditional. And, and then the third part, and this takes us to the, to, to the action or to the growing in love. The third part is that God's love is active in our lives. God love, God's love is redemptive. So God loves us perfectly. We grow and live in God's love. We become re- redeemed. We become holy through God's love. And so let's look, verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, the Holy Spirit living in us. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love, whoever lives in God, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So think about that. God's love is sacrificial through the gift of his son long ago, God's love is unconditional, it can't be taken away, it's not dependent on what you do or how you earn it. And the third part is that God's love is at work in you. If you are a follower of Christ, if you have a relationship with God, His Spirit is living in you, transforming you, redeeming you, making you whole, complete, right. And so we may not get it at first. My kids may not get it. But my hope is that they grow as they see and as they understand more fully my love for them, that they will grow and they will become a people of love. That's how God, that's what God has for us. He loves us so much. He loves us perfectly. He shows us all the time. And His Spirit is at work in us, transforming us, changing us. And so we live and we grow in God's love. Verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus so we, I talked about the word perfection or or completeness. That that word there is is teleos, and um, and it, and what it means is that God's love becomes completed or perfected in us as we grow. And so, so just as a child grows and matures, just as my kids when they're first born are looking for provision are, and then they get to the point that they're looking for take care of me and then they get to the point that they say give me what I want. That's how I'll understand your love and then they get to the point that they respect and they obey but hopefully they come to a point that it's not about those things but they understand the gravity of my love for them and they in turn start to live for that love that's the idea here and so what does a complete love look like we understand this we are called to grow and be completed in our love what does it look like for you and i to be completed or perfected in love it's really simple it looks like jesus we will look like jesus as god's love is perfected in us. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Listen, I, I just, this isn't in my notes, but I want to stop here. And I want to say a lot of times we in the church have a view of love that doesn't equate to who Jesus is in the way that Jesus loves. Sometimes we in the church, claim to love people, but we love people with a love that is selfish, with a love that is based on what we want. And if we hold the standard of the world as our standard for love in the church, we're probably doing just fine. But if our standard for holiness and love is Jesus Christ and the love that he showed, oh, that's convicting, isn't it? (laughs) That's convicting. The love that God has for us, that God wants to perfect in us, will make us like Jesus. And so there's two things that it says there. Number one, it says we will be complete, we will be confident in the day of judgment. We talk in the church about judgment. The day of judgment will come. And there will be a day that we will stand before God and we will account for the way we've lived our lives. We don't have to live in fear of that, because God's love is perfecting us, and if we are living in relationship with God and God is changing us and redeeming us, we don't need to fear whether we're forgiven or not. I love this quote, it's from a commentary, the Enduring Word Commentary. It says, the completeness of of love means that we do not cower in fear of God, dreading his judgment either now or in the day of judgment. We know all the judgment we ever deserved, past, present, and future, was poured out on Jesus Christ on the cross. Isn't that an incredible thought? If you are living, for Christ, if you are living in relationship with God, if you are being perfected in love, you don't need to fear judgment. Jesus has already paid the price for everything that we have done wrong and will do wrong. And once again, this isn't a license to just do anything and say anything, but, but we don't have to fear judgment. So number one, we live in confidence. And number two, it says in this world, we will live like Jesus. Jesus. Let's talk about how Jesus loved. Let's talk about how Jesus lived in the Father's love. Jesus didn't just say, God, Father, what can you do for me? Jesus didn't just obey a strict set of rules because he had to, because he respected the Father and was afraid. Jesus lived completely obedient and completely sold out to the cause of the Father. Jesus lived for the Father to bring glory to to be a part of what God was doing. Jesus was a part of that. And so as we grow, we are transformed, not just in our behavior, but in our commitment to join God's loving, redemptive mission in the world around us. We become more and more like Jesus every day with a desire to bring glory to God. So let's look at this. I'm sorry, I know you guys are tired, but let's look at this. There is living... To make it to heaven, there is living to accomplish a set of lists or goals, there's living to try to be taken care of, and then there's living like Jesus, where you're living for the glory of the Father in everything. That's what we're called to. That's holiness, that's entire sanctification. Not that we're living for our own selfish gain, but that we understand that God's love is so good and that God's love is made complete in us so that we can be a part of God's love and bring it to the world around us and bring glory to the Father. That's completeness of love. And so we live like Jesus. And there's a clue in here, it says, as we love each other, we grow in love. See, the hard thing for us is is we don't see Jesus walking next to us every day. We don't see the Father every day sitting in heaven. But what we have is the opportunity and the challenge and the responsibility to love each other, the response to God's love for us. And as we do that, we grow and are perfected in love. And so, I'm not a perfect father. I'm far from it. On a weekly basis, I mess up. And I have to go back to my kids and I have to say, I'm sorry, I didn't love you perfectly there. But I'm called to grow and become more like Jesus every day in my love for God and my love for others. And so we are called to be like Jesus. We are called to love the way that God loves us. What was that? Let's review. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is unconditional. God's love is active and redemptive. So if we're gonna look like Jesus, if we're gonna love like Jesus, guess what our love needs to look like? Sacrificial, that we need to give of ourselves We need to give of ourselves for others. Not that they love us, not that we're going to get something, but we give sacrificially because that's what perfect, complete love is, that our love is unconditional. It's not based on how you perform. It's not based on you earning my love, but I love the way that God loves me. So my love is sacrificial. It's unconditional. And third, it should be active. Our love should not be hidden in a church. Our love, lo- our love shouldn't be hidden in a prayer closet. Our love should be active in people's lives around us. Redemptive love. Our world needs redemptive love so much right now. Our world needs the church to grow in their love and the love that, the perfect love that God has for them so that we can show it to the world how to forgive each other, how to live humbly, how to redeem each other. And so that's what we're called to. Um, The worship team's gonna come back up and and we're gonna sing a song here at the end. But I, I think today, as we talk about love illuminated, we're not called to just love like the world loves. We're not called to love with all of the different stereotypes and ideas and misconceptions of what real love is. We are called to love with the perfect, holy love of God. And so today that starts with understanding, understanding the great love that God has for you. As we sing this last song, I want you to pray and I want you to understand the great love that God has for you. Number two, God's love should be at work in us, changing us, growing in us so that we can become like Jesus. And so understand God's love for you. And today I want you to ask God, hey, God, help me to learn to love like you love. And then we are called to love those around us. And so I want you to ask the third thing. I want you to say, God, show me places where I can live out your love this week. Show me how I can be redemptive in my love for others. Father, we love you today. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you for Father's Day and what that means to so many. And we acknowledge that not everybody um, has a great experience with Father's Day. But today, Lord, I pray that if that's the case, that that Father's Day today will be about your perfect love for us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, that you are willing to give your only son, Jesus, to die on a cross when I didn't deserve it. I pray that you'll help us just to know how much you love us, Lord. And Father, as we come together as the church body and worship you together, I pray that your love will be transforming us, that we won't have the same imperfect love that we had six months ago or a year ago or a week ago, but that we will be growing every day. And Father, I pray that you will help us to be a light, that you will illuminate your perfect love in us so that we can be a light to the world around us. Father, we love you. We give you our hearts this morning and we submit to you. Speak to us, work in us, transform us now. In Jesus' name, amen.